It's the show the establishment warned you about. Yeah, that's right. It's the Dr. Tommy Show. Thank you for joining us. We're back again on a Friday. Tried to come earlier, but uh, just couldn't have it. Just couldn't do it. And then the stack of stuff just kept getting bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. So who knows how much we'll get through, but we'll try to get through it all. Maybe try to get through it all. I'm not sure. I don't want to be here all day. Uh, not that I don't want to be here all day. It's just that I got things to do. You understand. Uh, I got a new cooker. I got a new smoker. So uh, I have to have to get that going early enough that we're not eating at nine o'clock at night. Got to smoke a turkey. Uh, so that got things to do. Anyway, glad you all are here. This is uh, live on Rumble. This is also available on all the podcasting platforms, including Spotify and iHeart and all those things. Uh, so glad you're here. Thanks for listening to an independent podcast. Uh, do us a favor if you want to share it with your friends. That would be great. And then also, if you want to subscribe so you remember to come back and see us, then that would be great, too. Subscribe on Rumble. Subscribe anywhere you want on those podcasting platforms, like I said. And thank you again for joining us. Um, had a lot of things I want to talk about. One of them is I want to talk about is uh, this is the third day now where we don't have uh, the president having anything scheduled on his calendar. So Vice Vice President President Biden is no is is not scheduled to see do anything today on his official calendar, and that's a little bit worrisome because as you may know, Mr. Biden is not well. Uh, you can look at him and see he's not well. And the last time he was seen in person by us, meaning the American people, he was looking rather ill. Uh, a lot of people have been noting that he's he looked like he was lost. He's he's vacant staring. Um, he had a mouth agape, as you might see uh, in someone who's, you know, having cognitive impairment, maybe in a nursing home. And so now this is day three where he doesn't have anything scheduled. And I know this because I look on American Greatness uh, and there is a section of American Greatness, amgreatness.com, called Morning Greatness. And it always lists his calendar. And it always lists usually one thing it's like uh the president receives the uh report from economics or whatever anyway the pair the president receives this and then the, there may be one more thing like the, the the president does like a virtual zoom call with somebody or, or on a on a hard day there's like five things but there's usually not much on joe biden's schedule well now for the last three days there's not been anything on his schedule which makes me think i don't want to wish bad upon the man i don't agree with him politically that being said i don't want to wish bad upon him uh but it makes me think that he's not well and one of the things i'm concerned about is if he's not well then what the hell is going to happen because as you and i both know kamala harris kamala harris is not an ideal candidate to step in and take over for joe biden not that joe biden is doing a lot now i mean she she would be taken over as a placeholder basically running the same kind of game plan it's like when you put in the 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 quarterback it's like when your star quarterback goes down you you put in the other quarterback and you try to run the same plays and they would that's what they would do here they would and even more so because joe biden is not running anything necessarily he's a figurehead and so he's signing papers he's but he's the face of the nation you know so to speak and uh he's he's symbolic he's he's like a monarch you know he's kind of like if we had a king or a queen here, and that that's the extent to which Joe Biden is in charge of things. He's in charge of the daily running of our country and as much as the Queen of England is, probably less. Um, but 
So anyway, so if Joe Biden was to have to go step aside because of problems, uh, health problems or whatever the case is, then we have Kamala Harris to step into place. And then and then that would not be necessarily good for us. It would be a bigger problem, however, for the Democrats. The Democrats are have painted themselves into a corner. So when Joe Biden was running for president and uh, the people who were pushing Joe Biden to run for president and the people who selected Joe Biden to run for president, uh, if you'll remember back in the primaries, Joe Biden was not doing very well. And then there was about five or six people left in the game. And then a decision was made overnight. Somehow someone made the call. And within two days, it was before the South Carolina primary. Within two days, both of the uh, people who were going to challenge Joe Biden at that time dropped out. And it was left between Joe Biden and Bernie Sanders. So I think uh, maybe as a maybe as Elizabeth Warren and uh, uh, Buddha judge. I don't know. I don't remember exactly. But anyway, two people dropped out. And then then it was between Sanders and Biden. And as we know, Sanders is a more popular president. It would have been the more popular president it would have actually been a more effective president, to be honest. Um, the, it would have been the same problem. It would have been the same policies that Joe Biden's doing, because that's kind of who's running the show is the Bernie Sanders wing of the party. But it, it would have been more effective because Bernie Sanders is much more vigorous than Joe Biden is just because he's, 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 he's aged better. You know, he doesn't have the difficulties. Plus he doesn't have the the problems that Joe Biden had before he was even cognitively impaired. But anyway, so Joe Biden uh, was running and then they, they, they made the call. Somebody made the call. Some people say it was Barack Obama. Somebody made the call. And then those people dropped out and is left between Biden and Sanders. And we know that the Democrat donors are not going to allow Sanders to be the president because there's some there's some things that Sanders really believes in that Joe Biden just gives uh, uh, lip service to, such as confiscation of wealth and things like that, that Bernie Sanders probably is a little bit more serious about. Anyway. So, so Biden got in there and then Biden started talking about, well, we're going to have a, um, I'm going to nominate a black woman or I'm not going to nominate. I'm going to uh, pick a black woman to run, or I think called her a woman of color. I guess that's the the terminology used. Anyway, person of color, woman of color is going to be his vice president. And well, there wasn't that many of them to pick from. There was Stacey Abrams, the, uh, the true governor of Georgia. And then there was Kamala Harris and there was a few other people. I, my personal pick, if he was going to go that route, I don't believe in picking people based on skin color. I don't believe in treating anybody based on skin color, really. Uh, I can't think of a reason that I would ever pick someone based on the skin color unless I was you know, casting a movie and it called for a, a specific person's skin color. But that being said, you know, they if they were going to pick someone based on skin color, then I think they should have picked Mad Maxine Waters. And that would have been my ideal uh, vice president for Joe Biden was Mad Max, Mad Maxine. But anyway, that didn't happen. And they picked Kamala Harris and Kamala Harris was thought to be capable. She was a secretary of state out in California. I'm sorry. She was the attorney general out in California. She was the uh, prior to that. She was um, uh, I'm sorry. She was senator. Then she became the she was senator. But before that, she was attorney general. So she was attorney general in California, became a senator. She was a senator for a few years. Senator's job. Not really that hard it doesn't seem like you kind of show up actually doesn't seem like the president's job is hard because anybody biden has proved that just to get off subject for a second anybody can be president and when i mean anybody literally anybody can be president 
It doesn't matter if you are cognitively impaired. It does not matter if you are, uh, uh, if you believe in what you say, if you don't believe in what you say, anybody can be president. So you could take solace in knowing that if we ever have a, pro a, a presidential election where we elect someone who is completely uh, not able to make any decisions at all, but they can still sign documents, that's all it's required because there's enough bureaucracy around the president to make sure that things will all will 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 still happen. It may not be good things. It may be like we have here, where we're having open borders invasions, we're having uh, catastrophes overseas, European wars, we're having China ramping up, trying to uh, or uh, getting prepared to invade Taiwan. So it may not be. We may have rampant inflation. We may have um, we may have you know people uh, uh, people at their uh, wits end as far as trying to figure out how to make ends meet, but. If, if you're concerned about can you can you have someone in office who doesn't know anything but can still sign with a pen, still scribble their name with a pen, that's all you need. Anyway, so they, they Biden picked Kamala Harris and uh, it was thought that she was capable, but she's now proven not to be capable. She was put, put in charge of the border. She's the border czar. Couldn't, couldn't do that. They put her in charge of something else, something else that was kind of hard. I can't remember what it was. It doesn't matter because when they put her in charge of it, nothing ever happened anyway. So. They put her in charge of the border. Nothing ever happened. It got worse. So it's not like she had a job to do and she did it. And it just, it was kind of like, a. it was just something to say. It was just a headline. It was just a, something to uh, a press release for someone to read that, you know, she's been in charge of the border. She was put in charge of something else. She might've been put in charge of inflation for all I know. And uh, we see how that turned out. But anyway, so they put Kamala Harris in there and now they have Joe Biden, who's incapable Joe Biden, who probably it looks like could be at the end of the road. It's three days now. He had COVID. We know that takes a lot out of you. He had COVID again because he took Paxlovid. And so he had COVID, got over it, took Paxlovid, got over it, got the rebound COVID, which seems to happen. And then he's he came back for a few days. He went on vacation. He rode the bike on the beach. But now it's been three days. We haven't seen him. And um so we'll see. But Kamala Harris is the Democrats problem now, because here's the problem. The Democrats want to run someone other than Joe Biden or Kamala Harris in 2024. They haven't said that, but you know, that's true. The Democrats are not really impressed with Kamala Harris. She has not set the world on fire. When she speaks, she speaks in a kind of a condescending uh, slash uh, incoherent way. She repeats words in circular fashion. Uh, uh, she, she doesn't uh, really, she doesn't strike you as being ready to take charge of the country any more so than Joe Biden was. So 2024 rolls around. They want to replace both these guys, right? Here's the problem. What happens if Joe Biden can't make it to 2024? What happens if it's his three-day problem that he's had now is is it what if this is it and then they have to have kamala step in well then what does that mean kamala becomes a president right historic president very historic the first female president not only the first female president the first woman of color as they like to say and so here we have the first woman of color female president kamala harris then what obviously you cannot have the incumbent president not be your nominee that's the Democrats' problem. What in the hell are they going to do if Joe Biden cannot 
keep it together for two more years. And that's the miscalculation they made. If you look at Joe Biden in 2020, in 2019 especially, when he was running for the Democrat nomination, compared to now, everybody ages in the presidency, except Donald Trump, actually. Donald Trump got younger. Donald Trump looks younger today than when he announced he was running for president in 2015, in my opinion. That That being said, most everyone ages during the presidency. You've seen the pictures. They go in dark hair, come out with gray hair. Anyway, Joe Biden went in what what he was, and he's now two years into this. The chances of him making it, and people have said this, two years more, is probably, if you had a bet, I don't know if they have anything running out in Vegas, but it's probably not good. It's not a good chance that he's going to make it. And uh, because he's going to have to retire. Hopefully he doesn't you know, expire, but he probably will have to step aside they're not going to remove them with 25th Amendment. That look, that's uh, that that makes them look bad. That makes them look like they did a, a stupid thing by nominating. So he's going to have to step aside for health reasons, most likely. And if he does it before the end of this two, these next two years, then Kamala Harris will be the president. They're going to have a problem because they don't want Kamala Harris to be the president in 2024 because they know that Kamala Harris most likely will be destroyed by whoever runs for president in 2024. And there goes their power. So they went and they made this devil's bargain where they said, look, we're going to run Biden. We're going to run him knowing that he can't do the job. We're going to prop him up. We're going to run all these mules. We're going to throw in all these ballots from uh, mail-in ballots. We're not going to reject any of them. Uh, There was a story in Arizona. No, in Los Angeles, they tried to recall the the, uh, George Soros DA out there, Gascon, and uh, they rejected. They couldn't do it because they didn't have enough valid signatures. They rejected 27% of the signatures on the petition to remove this guy, Gascon. Do you know what the the percentage of uh, ballots that were rejected from mail-in ballots for the presidential election? Uh, I don't know if this was nationwide or if this was just in the, in the state, but there was a there was a number that said less than 1%. So less than 1% of ballots were rejected. And so so this is how they got this guy in there. They 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 ran him from the basement. They uh they lied to American people. They said he was uh they said he was a moderate. And everybody said he was moderate. You know, Chris Wallace and all these guys, you know, all these you know phony uh, you know, people like you know Bill Crystal and all these people and, uh, you know, and Mitch McConnell, even, you know, all these people, they say, well, Joe Biden's a good guy, blah, blah, blah. Anyway, he gets in there. He's a, he's just a figurehead. He's a puppet. He signs whatever's put in front of his face, literally whatever's put in front of his face, he signs. And so now here we are. And he's now he can't do it. He can't do it. He's not going to be able to do it. Ronnie Jackson is the congressman out in Cal- uh, Texas, who is the uh, former White House doctors been on record of saying multiple times, you know, this guy needs to take a cognitive test. This guy's is this guy's not well. He needs to resign. And but anyway, so that's just a little bit of something. Biden's MIA now times three days, and Kamala Harris is the heir apparent, and she's a big headache for the Democrats. Rest in peace, Brian Stelter's career. Uh, Brian Stelter, if you haven't heard, is done as his. His show, which I've never seen before, is called Credible Sources, I believe. Anyway, it's gone. He's done. They they canceled his show. And uh, finally, uh, interestingly, they didn't reassign him. They just canceled his show. And they, they, they it's usually when you are on a, a network like that, though, and you get canceled, if you're good, they're not going to just 
get rid of you too. They just go, well, we canceled the show, but he's going to move to somewhere else. You know, they did the same thing with Don Lemon. He might be next. They canceled his show and then he got another show anyway. So anyway, Brian Stelter's done. So little Brian Stelter is no longer at CNN. So we'll see where he turns up. He might turn up on the same place that Chris Cuomo landed. Uh, some I don't know what it's called. So he, he's somewhere. Chris Cuomo somewhere. Uh, this is. Have you seen this thing out in the the Dutch farmers? So the Dutch farmers have been protesting, and it's if you haven't been listening to it, the reason the protest is is because the the government out there in the Netherlands has said that we have to stop you using fertilizer, and you have to kill or you have to cut back on your livestock because we are um, we're experiencing global warming and things of that nature and it's going to uh, harm the environment and so they've they've, they're doing these things to put these farmers out of business in the netherlands and these dutch farmers are protesting it says this is from the federalists this is it says uh pay attention to dutch farmer protests because america's next it says Dutch farmers are protesting a government plan to cut fertilizer use and reduce livestock numbers so drastically it will force many farms out of business. Earlier this month, farmers used tractors and trucks to block highways and entrances to food distribution centers across the country, saying their livelihood and way of life are being targeted by the government, which they are. And uh, they said that these farmers are going to, uh, it says the only way to do that, many Dutch farmers say, is to slaughter the vast majority of their livestock and shutter their farms. The government knows this and admitted as much this year, saying in a statement, the honest message is that all farmers cannot continue, that not, not all farmers can continue their businesses. This is the government saying this. The honest message is that not all farmers can continue their business, and farmers have three options. Becoming more sustainable, relocating, or ending their business. And this is the, this is what's going on. And the reason they're saying this is they said, this is the goal. This is from uh, the UN, part of the UN's goal. And it says the goal is to reduce emissions of nitrogen oxide and ammonia, which are produced by livestock, but which the government is labeling as pollutants by 50% nationwide by the year 2030. And then that's why they said these Dutch farmers say the only way they could do this is to shutter their farms and shut, and slaughter their livestock. This is insanity, and this is coming to you soon, and you know this is for sure. This is part of what's going on with this uh, so-called inflation reduction package that they just passed, and uh, it is going to come to you soon. This is, it says here, back from the article, all of which brings us back to the U.S. This week, news broke that congressional Democrats had finally reached a deal on the largest piece of climate legislation in American history. So climate legislation, to translate, that means... Uh, that means crony capitalism for people who are invested in quote unquote green uh, green companies. This is a tax and spend cornucopia of some 369 billion for wind, solar, geothermal, battery, and other industries over the next decade, along with generous subsidies for electric vehicles and incentives to keep nuclear plants open and capture emissions from industrial. So. This is what's coming to you, and this has actually been signed into law. This is, like I said, the last time uh, Joe Biden was seen upright, he was signing this law and then handing the pen that he signed the bill to, mouth agape, uh, looking like he was looking for porridge, to Joe Manchin, who had sold his people out because this bill is going to put people in West Virginia out of business. And uh, anyway, so that's coming to you. Well, 
the farmers in the Netherlands aren't going to go down fighting. So this is another article. This is from a website called WeLoveTrump.com. It says, Netherlands, another Bill Gates-funded picnic supermarket catches on fire. A third fire has broken out at a Bill Gates-funded picnic supermarket uh, facility in the Netherlands as protests rage on. And it says here, it says, uh, the Bill Gates has invested over 600 million euros into the picnic due to the fact that the company focused on synthetic meat from plants. So this is the third one. So they've been, there's these supermarket facilities in the Netherlands, which uh, sell this uh, fake meat, this government or uh, laboratory raised meat, synthetic meat that Bill Gates has invested in. And now the Dutch farmers, well, that's not known. It says, while only speculative, many believe the fires are part of the Dutch farmers' uprising. The brand Picnic is an online-only supermarket which is designed to deliver groceries straight from the buyer's front door using, quote, environmentally friendly vehicles. The company is active in 200 cities across Europe, including countries such as Netherlands, Germany, and recently uh, France. But this Picnic company also is uh, uh, involved in... Uh, synthetic meat uh, from plants. And so this is part of the reason this is Bill Gates is tied to all this stuff is uh, if you didn't know uh, that Bill Gates is, I believe the largest private owner of farmland in the world. And people were saying, well, why is Bill Gates so more interested in a farmer? He doesn't look like a farmer. You know, he sounds like a, if you hear him talk, he sounds like close to uh, Mark Zuckerberg. He's, doesn't sound like he's very sociable. I honestly can't see him out there farming. So why is he interested in all this farmland? And then here's here's how you know. So they're trying to cut down all this furniture, uh, uh, livestock use, and then forcing people to buy these meat made from plants. And then Bill Gates happens to own all of the land where he can plant things to make meat made from plants. Interesting how that all works out, isn't it? Anyway, stay tuned to that. But like I said, unfortunately, it's coming to a... a Coming to a, a city near you, if you're a farmer out there, and if you're an eater out there. So it's not only farmers that you have to worry about. If you happen to eat food, you know, you like the price of food now. Have you ever looked at the price of these meat burgers that are made from plants? Uh, they ain't cheap. Uh, they're about $7 a pound or more, and it, it ain't going to be pretty. Plus, they don't taste that well. Taste that good. Ugh. Some of them are okay. I ate one one time. I put it on the top of a regular burger. A vegetable burger on top of a regular burger and put some cheese on. I was actually, actually liked it. But anyway, the only hope we have is that in uh, the fall, or I'm sorry, in November, that they elect people who will defund us. That's our only hope, really. You know how things work, though. Once the, once the, once the uh, gears are in in, uh, in process, it's going to be it's going to be bad. It can be bad. Uh, this is an interesting article. It says this Biden administration cancels $3.9 billion in federal loan debt for former ITT technical Institute students. Uh, blaze. This is from the blaze on Tuesday. The Biden administration announced that borrowers with federal student loans from ITT technical Institute will have their loans forgiven. The education department stated that the college misrepresented the value of its programs of associated press report. Well, that's interesting because I don't know if you've been to a college campus nearby or talked to or recently or talked to a college graduate recently, uh, but there's a good chance that they were given uh, some 
what they call misrepresentation of the values of their programs as well. Uh, how many students do you know who have graduated from college now who are living at home, uh, who don't have a job, or at least don't have a job in their field of choice, and uh, have no really, um, real uh, expectation of getting a job in the field of their choice? And they're not getting their loans canceled. And those are, but those are the good ones, you know. They're not the for-profit ones. That was uh, what uh, Barack Obama. Back to the part of this, this presidency of Biden's is just a Barack Obama part two, part three, I guess, third term. Because all these same things, all these same themes are recurring under Obama. I'm sorry, under Biden that were under Obama. High gas prices recurring, low workforce participation recurring. Uh, going after for-profit colleges recurring, you know, Biden or Obama did that. But this is this is disingenuous to say that these guys, uh, ITT Tech, were misrepresenting the value of their programs. Every university, virtually, maybe save Hillsdale College and a few others, misrepresents the value of their their programs. Uh, you know, what do you think half the half the uh, liberal arts degrees are in? You think people are going to get jobs in doing, uh, you know, some of the degrees that are out there? There's a lot of people out there who got these degrees fraudulently educated in these degrees because they can't use them for anything, even though they were told they could. So if they're going to start canceling student loans for those people, they need to start looking at the uh, government funded schools, too. Here's a couple of pieces on social medias and conservatives. This says. Popular dating app, this is from The Blaze, popular dating app OKCupid recently discovered that an overwhelming majority of its users say less than progressive views on climate change, gender equality, and gun control are, quote, deal breakers when it comes to finding a match. After surveying 250,000 users worldwide over the past year, the dating app found that 90% consider it, quote, important for their match to care about climate change, and 81% said they were, quote, concerned about climate change. Uh, says Jane Reynolds, director of marketing, said, we have seen over time climate change being more and more this huge topic for millennial daters, especially people feel that with climate change, it says so much more about you. It's that something that you believe in or concerned about. Oh, boy. Could you imagine dating now? If, if you are dating, I feel sorry for you. And I'm trying to meet these people, you know, you're going out on a date and trying to have fun and then. You know, she's, she starts phoning through her phone and she's like, I can't believe this. And you're like, oh, what is it? And oh, climate change. And then you, what are you supposed to say? I, yeah, I know. I mean, climate change sucks. You know, let's, let's walk home. I mean, what are you supposed to say? I, you know, climate change, I, you know, cancel my cheeseburger. I don't know. But anyway, so Kaylee McEnany's sister has uh, responded to this. This is from the Patriot Journal. Kaylee McEnany's sister kicks off, quote, the right stuff. Uh, it says the woke cancer that is spreading across government colleges in Hollywood has also poisoned numerous social apps. That includes apps geared towards matching prospective couples as they now cater to the far left. But that was not good enough for Kaylee McEnany's sister, so she launched her own. This is from Fox News. Ryan Ryan McEnany, sister of former White Trump White House press secretary Kaylee McEnany, has launched a new dating app geared toward young conservatives looking for a like-minded partner. The right stuff was created for conservatives to connect in authentic and meaningful ways that app's website says. Our dating app has, other dating apps have gone woke. We bring people together with shared values and similar passions. So this is good. This is good because if you, otherwise, I guess you can only go on only farmers. That was your other option. 
So now, now you have the option of the right stuff or only farmers. I don't know if only farmers is only uh, conservatives, but it kind of seems like it might be. I don't know. Oh, this is for the people out there who are saying, well, you know, this, this, this deal is good for the environment. This thing they just signed, it's going to, it's going to fight global warming. And, and then they're going to go after the people who aren't paying taxes. Like they're going to hire 87,000 federal uh, IRS agents. This is from New York post Schumer mansion deal raises taxes on earners less than 40,000 study shows the energy and health care deals from Senator Manchin and Schumer will raise taxes on millions of Americans earning less than $400,000 annually. Senate Republicans say citing nonpartisan data. The Congressional Joint Committee on Taxation found that taxes would jump by $16.7 billion on American taxpayers, listen to this, making less than $200,000 in 2023 and raise another $14.1 billion on taxpayers who make between $200,000 and $500,000. I'll read that again. Jump $16.7 billion on American taxpayers making less than $200,000 and raise another $14.1 billion from taxpayers who make... So they're actually going to get more money from the people making less than $200,000 and then raise another $14.1 billion on people between $200,000 and $500,000. Uh, so this is, uh, basically, uh, a lie that Joe Biden said he wasn't going to raise taxes on anybody making less than 400,000. And, uh, this is, uh, what you can expect. This is what you, what you can expect. You net the Democrats are, believe it or not, are the party of the wealthy. Republicans are too. They're both establishment parties really are there looking out for the wealthy. and not, not saying anything bad about the wealthy. I'm not saying they're bad people, but I'm just saying that uh, the the Democrats and Republicans, especially tried uh, Democrats, especially try to say, look, the, we're out there for the little guy, and then they pass these bills. But the really super wealthy are not going to be paying more taxes because when these IRS IRS agents come knocking on their doors, you know, these eighty seven thousand more IRS agents come knocking on their doors. Do, do you think they're wealthy or just going to like say, okay, I'll roll over and pay more taxes? No, they have a phalanx of IR. They have their phalanx of uh, attorneys, accountants. You know, I say wealthy. I'm talking about the the wealthy. I'm talking about the donor class. I'm not talking about you. You own a business and you and you make a good make make a good living and you have a nice home and you go on vacation. I'm talking about the donor class, the people like Mitt Romney, the people who don't work, the people who don't have an income, the people who live off of the wealth that they've been created themselves or by someone else who gave it to them. People like Bill Gates. These guys aren't going to pay more taxes. That's why they support all these tax bills. That's why, you know, Warren Buffett says he wishes he could pay more taxes and, 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 and Gates. They say this stuff because they know they're not going to pay more taxes because they know they don't make incomes. Their money is made. Their money is done. Their money is already in the bank. And so what they try to do is cut out the lower rungs of the ladder so you can't get up there. So they can stay wealthy and you stay where you're at. And so these people that these 87,000 IRS agents, they're not going to be go knocking on Bill Gates door. They're not going to go knock on Mitt Romney's door. They may knock on Donald Trump's door. That's for a different reason. But it's you out there, you people out there who are working, you know, you people out there who are, who have two jobs or two, two family, uh, two income families. Cause you have to, and you're the ones that are going to be getting audited. And you very well may be getting audited because you're listening to podcasts like this. 
and the cookies that are in your internet browser show the government that you're listening to podcasts like this, or you're going on the wrong websites. But they didn't advertise that when they passed that bill. Uh, oh, this is back to Bill Gates. This is from the Daily Caller. And I heard this too on Glenn Beck, I believe it was. Or no, I'm sorry, Mark Levin. Anyway, report, Bill Gates lobbied mansion on sweeping $386 billion climate change bill. Bill Gates lobbied Democratic West Virginia Senator Joe Manchin on the Inflation Reduction Act since before Joe Biden became president, according to a report Tuesday. The Inflation Reduction Act, introduced by Democrats and signed into law by Biden, spends $386 billion on climate and green energy initiatives. Uh, Gates has been talking with several prominent senators, including Manchin, for years. Quote, in anticipation of a rare moment in which heavy Federal spending might be secured for a clean energy transition, Bloomberg reported. Gates described the passing of the legislation as, quote, one of the happier moments of my climate change work, according to the Bloomberg. Oh, so here it goes. Mr. Gates, Mr. Uh, owning land, Mr. Uh, synthetic fake meat from plants uh, is so happy about the climate change bill. And I can't imagine why not. The bill would raise taxes on nearly every income bracket, according to the Joint Committee on Taxation analysis by the University of Washington, Pennsylvania's Penn Wharton budget model argued that the bill will have no significant impact on inflation. Bill Gates, what a guy. Gave you crappy windows, and now he's giving you uh, uh, all this other joy. What else is going on? So this uh, Inflation Reduction Act bill gave people a... One of the things they did was they invested in green, green energy incentives, subsidies. They're going to pay people now. $7,500 uh, to buy an electric vehicle. Okay. Well, listen to this. This is from the Daily Wire. Citing significant material costs and other increases, Ford's announcement revealed price hikes between $6,000, $8,000, for its electric vehicles. Uh, it says, as Democrats force Americans to go green, automakers are going even greener. Ford and General Motors unveiled price increases for their electric vehicle lineup. And then it said... Increased them between six thousand and eighty five hundred for its electric vehicles. So it says that the F one fifty Lightning Pro, for example, will sell for forty six thousand nine seventy four, a seven thousand dollar increase from the thirty nine nine four seven charged last year's model. Jim like GM likewise increased the cost of its Hummer by sixty two fifty last month. The price hikes are comparable to the $750 tax credits for new electric vehicles included in the $740 billion inflation reduction act, which it says that this article is awaiting a signature, but now we know he signed it. And then it's to battle that, quote, existential crisis, existential crisis of climate change. That's what Biden said or read. Maybe he said it, maybe he memorized it when he signed it. And then interesting, though. So here we are within a week of this bill being passed. This uh, these two these two companies have raised the price seven or Seven thousand around the amount of the the seven hundred seven thousand five hundred dollar subsidy subsidy, which is taxpayers paying you. Okay, so a subsidy. So when I go buy a green car now, green energy car, save the earth car, I get paid seven thousand five hundred dollars from taxpayers to go buy this car. And so what did the uh, Ford and GM do? Well, they said, well, look, the people who are buying these cars want them. Because they like them. 
And I'm not, I don't, I don't dislike them. I would like to have one actually. I wouldn't want one as my primary vehicle or my only vehicle, but I drive back and forth between my office and my house is like seven minutes. So an electric vehicle would be actually ideal for me. So I wouldn't mind having one. And I could afford one if I wanted one. Uh, I couldn't afford one now because I don't want to have three cars. But anyway, the point is, is if I wanted to get one, I could get one. And most people who want an electric car can get one. And so if you're going to take these people who can already afford the cars and give them a $7,500 tax subsidy, these companies aren't stupid. They know that the people who are buying these cars can't afford them. So why wouldn't they increase the price of the car to what the person could already afford? Because you're going to pay the same amount at the end of the day. So if I can afford, let's say, $50,000 to buy an electric vehicle, I can afford that. I want to go buy one. I know I want one. I'm going to go buy one. Okay. And then the company gets wind that, hey, that guy, he's going to get $7,500 from the government. What are we going to do? Well, we're just going to sell them for $50,000. No, 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 idiot. We're going to sell it for $5,800. Because the guy wants it anyway. They're going to buy it anyway. Why shouldn't we get that extra $8,000? They're not going to care. They're not waiting for this $7,500 subsidy to go buy this vehicle. They're already going to buy it anyway. So why not just raise the price of it up and say it's because of material costs and other factors and you know covid and dr fauci screwed up and the cdc screwed up and made all of our workers go anyway why wouldn't you raise the price of it that's the smart thing to do and which shows you that in the end who gets screwed again but the taxpayer so that's just a hilarious thing that they you know when things like that happen they like to say well this is unforeseen or unintended consequences no it's not unintended consequences. It's things that are normal market things to happen. If you have a product that people already want and are willing to buy it at a set price, and then you gonna then those people are, are gonna give money to make the price lower, but they're really already willing to pay the same price anyway, you raise your price and then you make more money. <laughs> it's not rocket science. Oh boy. Oh, this is interesting. This is from uh, Breitbart. This is great news, actually. Healthcare workers at North Shore University Health System in Illinois are expected to receive $10.3 million in a, quote, first-of-its-kind class-action settlement over the hospital's coronavirus vaccine mandate, Washington Examiner reported Monday. The lawsuit was brought by 13 employees because the hospital quote, unlawfully discriminated against and denied religious exemptions from COVID shot mandate, according to Liberty Council, which represented the employees. Liberty Council says it worked to advance, it works to advance religious freedom, the sanctity of human life and family through strategic litigation. The 13 lead plaintiffs are expected to receive additional $20,000 for each, uh, for an additional, there is our, the 13 lead plaintiffs are expected to receive an additional $20,000 each for leading the class action sum, class action lawsuit against North Shore. Liberty Council will receive 20% of the settlement sum. Oh, let's hear it says here that uh, Liberty Council estimates that employees who were fired or resigned because of their religious refusal to receive the coronavirus vaccination will receive $25,000 each. And then the 13 lead plaintiffs will receive additional $20,000. That's great. 
Listen to this. Employees who say they were forced to get vaccinated against their religious beliefs to keep from being fired will receive lo- roughly 3000 each. Well, we'll see. Uh, I have a feeling some uh, judge will throw this out, but we'll see. Hopefully not. Hopefully these people are made to pay uh, for, for being these uh, bullies that they were. This is the guy from Liberty Council says, let this be a warning to employees that violated Title VII. It's especially significant and gratifying that this first class-wide COVID settlement protects healthcare workers. Healthcare workers are heroes who daily give their lives to protect and treat their patients. They are needed more now than ever. That's funny. Well, good for them. Hopefully they get the money. We'll see. Hospitals generally aren't poor and can afford to litigate and litigate and litigate and litigate and litigate till the cows come home. So we'll see. Uh, yeah, we'll see. Oh, this is this is a quick thing. Eight and ten believe that U.S. has a two-tiered justice system. This is from American Greatness. A new poll by highly respected and accurate pollster indicate, indicates that eighty percent of Americans believe there's a two-tiered justice system in the United States. According to the Daily Wire, the poll, formerly titled the National National Issues Survey, was conducted by the Trafalgar Group. It said seventy-nine point. Three percent of Americans said there are two tiers of justice in the American justice system: one set of laws for politicians and Washington D.C. DC insiders versus one set of laws for everyday Americans. Only eleven point six percent there is one system said there is one system of justice with laws applied to all Americans equally. The remaining nine point one percent were unsure, and they voted along party lines. Sixty-six point seven percent of Democrats believe the justice system corrupt. Uh, with only 17.5% saying there's only one justice system for everyone. Republicans, 87.8% said the justice system is two-tiered, with 6.9% disagreeing, uh, 77% of independents that there is a two-tiered justice system. So it did not go along party lines. So everyone agreed. So I, I make that... Re- uh, I repeat, 66.7% of Democrats believe the justice system is two-tiered, 87.8% of Republicans say it's two-tiered, and 77.2%. That's good. Well, at least at least there's some uh, uh, some, uh, what do they call it? Overlap of beliefs there. That's good. Back to the justice system being corrupt. You know, these are politicians that are talking about Donald Trump's raid, the raid on Donald Trump and saying, well, it's not that big a deal. They're just they're just doing their job. You know, Mike Pence said that Mike Pence said, I don't like to hear people talk about the FBI. I don't think it's any better than people who say that police are bad. The FBI is good or something along those lines. Anyway, so this is Asa Hutchinson. This is a governor out in Arkansas. Breitbart says, Asa Hutchinson, quote, FBI simply carrying out their responsibilities, Mar-a-Lago. And he says, Hutchinson said, the FBI is simply carrying out the responsibilities under the law, a lawful search warrant that a magistrate signed off on. And they didn't go in there with FBI raid jackets. No, but they did stand outside of his uh, driveway with machine guns or automatic rifle or semi-automatic rifles. In flak jackets, and they didn't go in there with FBI raid jackets. But yeah, they might go next time. Uh, Asa, 
They tried to constrain their behavior, carrying bullcrap. They didn't constrain, you know what? They didn't constrain anything. They went in there to make a show of it, and they made his lawyer stand outside on the uh, driveway, uh, and they wouldn't show her the warrant. And they still, and they, they still won't show her the warrant. Show anybody the warrant. But this is as Asa Hutchinson, Mike Pence. These are the people. These are the you know conservatives by their by their beliefs. But by their actions are not the people that are you want in the foxhole with you. And I think we're in a foxhole moment now. We're in a moment now where we're in the foxhole. When all this stuff's going overhead, we're in a foxhole. And if you're uh, someone who doesn't want big government and you don't want someone you, you, and you're someone who doesn't believe that uh, the FBI should be raiding former presidents when they've never done anything like this before over purported uh, missing documents from the National Archives, you know, if you don't believe that should be happening, you don't want Asa Hutchinson in your foxhole, and you don't want Mike Pence in your foxhole, and you don't want Chris Christie in your foxhole, and you certainly don't want Lindsey Graham in your foxhole, and you certainly don't want uh, uh, Mitt Romney in your foxhole. He'll shoot you. So... What is this to say is that these guys here, these these people, they don't understand. This is not a. What we're dealing with now is not just like winning elections and losing elections and arguing, disagreeing and then going playing golf afterwards. This is not, uh, you know, Tip O'Neill and uh, Ronald Reagan sharing a glass of brandy after their heated discussion. No, this is this is this is serious stuff. The things that are coming down the pike now are going to fundamentally transform the nation further like Obama started in 08. And it keeps going and keeps going and keeps picking up steam. We're already in a post-constitutional republic, in my mind. And so here we are, these guys, Asa Hutchinson, Mike Pence, and they're putting out this weak stuff. Can't have these people uh, being leaders. I mean, they get, they're allowed to talk. I'm not saying they're not allowed to talk. I'm not saying they shouldn't talk. It's fine that they talk. I'm just saying from the standpoint of strategy, from the standpoint of a leader, if you elect these people to lead you, at least nationally, uh, they're not going to—they're they're, not going to—they're not going to go over the wall. They're not going to be the ones to be first over the wall. If you're trying to get into the into the fort, they're not going to be the ones to be first over the wall, and they're not going to help you get over the wall. They don't have it. They don't have that fire in the belly, and they don't have it that is going to uh, be able to 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 change your life for the better in the end. You know, Donald Trump did a lot of things that I think were going to change people's lives in the end. What did he do? Well, he changed the per, uh, he changed the way that America was looked at uh, in an international in an international sense, and that America was not seen as a pushover. Uh, some people say, "Well, he was he was too boisterous, and he was you know whatever." And then the line is that Europe didn't think that they could punk America anymore. Europe didn't think that they could say, well, look, we're not going to fund NATO. You fund NATO. We're just going to fund our uh, extravagant social welfare systems. You fund NATO. You take care of us. You do this. You do that. Uh, you fund our wars, you know, the, the industrial complex, military industrial complex. You know, Donald Trump said, no, we're not going to do that. We're not going to have endless money funneling from taxpayers to your pockets to buy weapons, to have endless wars to send uh, Americans to die for endlessly, forever. We're not going to do that anymore. So there was actual legitimate things that a, a politician named Donald Trump actually did. 
But these guys, Asa Hutchinson can't do that. Mitt Romney can't do that. And as, as much as I like Ted Cruz, I don't know if Ted Cruz could do that. It takes someone very unique. I, it takes a Ron DeSantis, for instance. I'm not saying he's the only guy. I didn't even know Ron DeSantis before he ran for governor. I had no idea who he was. Never heard of him. And then he ran for governor and he became the governor. Now look at this guy. This guy can do it. DeSantis could do it. Trump could do it. But the Asa Hutchinson can't do it. And so when they when they say that, you know, simply carrying out their responsibilities, it doesn't matter what Asa Hutchinson says. I don't care if Asa Hutchinson thinks the FBI is. I don't care if he it doesn't matter really. It doesn't matter if Mike Pence what Mike Pence thinks to me either. A weak GOP like that are not going to be the ones to take you over the wall. That's the bottom line. Oh, okay. Well, that's it for this uh, week. I hope you enjoyed it, and uh, I enjoyed talking to you. Come join us on drtommy.com slash podcast. Come join us in person. If you're a patriot and you want freedom, you want freedom in your health care, you want to be able to talk to your doctor whenever you want, and you don't want to be rushed, then call us, okay? Echelon Health, Concierge Medicine. Uh, enjoy your weekend. Until next time, bye-bye.